How's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 138, and it took place over a couple different dates, actually. It started in August last year uh, during the total eclipse. My friends Aubrey Bailey and Haley Tucker came to town to because Nashville was in the path of totality, and um, meaning we could see all of the eclipse. And they crashed over here at the house, and uh, Aubrey was kind enough to sit down and talk about his career path, which is that of research scientist in the field of uh, cancer research. And he, um, he and his wife, uh, Haley, have since moved to Finland and have had uh, their first child, Owen. So shout out for that. It's very exciting. Uh, but anyway, so Aubrey and I had this great, interesting conversation. I really dug it. And uh, because we are friends, we talked again on another date, and um, he brought up that he is, in fact, a, wait for it, fecal transplant donor, which I was like, what? And then I was mad that I hadn't recorded him talking about that. So he was kind enough to then Skype in on another date and talk about what that means and what that's all about. So I hobbled together those two conversations, uh, which you'll be able to tell because obviously the sound is different between Skype and real life. And uh, yeah, so it was was very cool. Uh, This is a way to start the new year all about health and wellness. He's got a lot of good information and much of what we talked about, I put links up uh, at heyhumanpodcast.com so you can dive deeper into the information. Uh, A lot of really, really fascinating stuff. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Hope it was a wonderful holiday. I'm ready for the new year. Oh, by the way, um, I sent out my mailer yesterday to people on my uh, email subscription list. If that's something you might be interested in, I send a mailer out every few months just talking about whatever's going on. And you can sign up for that at SusanRuth.com. So if you're interested, please do that. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I'm all over the place. You can find me under SusanRuthism or Hey Human Podcast or both for that matter. Uh, Email me, Susan at HeyHumanPodcast.com. If you shop at Amazon, please go to the HeyHumanPodcast.com website and You'll see the Amazon portal there on the front page. Click on that, shop Amazon as you normally would, and it helps support Hey Human, which is awesome. iTunes, please rate and review Hey Human on that. It's really helpful to get those ratings and those reviews. Thank you to those of you who have done that. I really appreciate it. I have not seen Bird Box. I did watch, I binge watched, in fact, um, Lucifer on Netflix, and I loved it. And what else have I watched recently? Oh, I, I rewatched uh, the Bill Moyers' Power of Myth with Joseph Campbell on Netflix. Really enjoyed that, too. I saw it in college in one of my mythology classes, and so it was fun to revisit that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, really, and has little to do with Aubrey, unless he's watched it, too. And then it has everything to do with Aubrey. Uh, but we won't know the answer to that unless he sends me an email or calls me, which he probably won't do because, as I mentioned, he's in Finland. So, 
here we go. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah. Aubrey Bailey. Aubrey Bailey. That's Susan, you. You're Susan Ruth. I am Susan Ruth. I'm wearing her pants, so it's probably me. That's okay. I was wearing her pants yesterday. Slut. Don't tell your wife, who's in the other room, <laughs> giggling right now. <laughs> Aubrey, welcome to Hey Human. Hey, thank you. Enjoy the coffee. I, I'm doing so. Mm. So tell the fine folks what they've won. Mm. <laughs> tell the fine folks what you... Who are you? Who, who? Mm. Uh, okay. So I'm a redneck from South Pen- uh, from Central Pennsylvania. Can you be a redneck from... Or I thought everyone was Quaker there. Uh, Quakers are in Philly. The Amish and Old Order Mennonite, or Old Order Amish and Mennonites, yeah. are in Central Pennsylvania. Ah. Uh, they're our neighbors, uh, and Men- they're they're just like everyone the else. Quakers are from Philly. I just yeah. Um, so we used to live like four blocks from like the old Quaker compound, which is you can kind of tell it's in the middle of downtown Old City Philadelphia now, but you can tell that it was built with like fortifications around yeah. it. Because, like, a long time ago, it was out in the woods, and there were a bunch of, like, ne'er-do-well new settlers. There were, you know, this this fear of the indigenous people. There were wolves. Oh, my God, white people with yeah. bonnets. That's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> the indigenous people. And then there's, you like, that the, guy the who Quakers? came out. <laughs> or are you talking about the Native Americans? The Native Americans, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, what... And then, of course, I assume there's someone who came over on the boat and was like, I'm just going to find gold and take it back and, you know, steal everyone else's food and whatnot in the meantime. Mm, right? Because mm-hmm. people are people. Yes. Thanks, Depeche Mode. <laughs> uh, I loved Depeche Mode. I still do. I think they're they're great. All right. So, back to you. Mm. Tell, oh, what, back to you. What, what is it that you do? Uh, uh, currently, I'm a new researcher at the... University of North Carolina Cancer Lineberger Comprehensive Cancer Center. We're supposed to say the whole thing every time. So you must have a very long business card. Yeah, I don't have a business card. I'm like the only scientist I know that actually no, most scientists don't have business cards. And like I'll go to like meetups and like other like professional kind of events and everyone's handing out business cards and they're like, Where's yours? You sound really impressive. And you just stand there and you go, Science! Like, like I I have a curriculum vitae. You can check me out. <laughs> you bring I, your C V to I have grades? like twenty-five publications. That would be like, amazing. No, just like I'm Aubrey Bailey, I'm in microbiome research. And they're oh like, Oh. That would be a I'm hilarious like, like pickup bar for scientists where they just unfurl their CVs. Oh, oh we have a number, right? We have we have an H index. The scientists do? Yeah. For hotness? Uh, it should be. Crap. I, <laughs> I assume it's, it's a mathematical <laughs> age. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Your wife is of... dying in the other room right now. I can see her. She's <laughs> the hotness number? Yeah. What's so, my so, age, baby? Yeah. The, the hotness number is um, number of publications which have been cited that number of times. It's not as sexy. I so, guess it is yeah, though. A, a couple of years ago, I was a seven. I had seven publications which had all been cited seven times. Oh, neat. What uh, are you now? Now? now I'm up to 10. Good, you're a perfect 10. And the- <laughs> Sweet. Because <laughs> the people who run labs are at like 25 to 40 or 50 or so. That's cool. The H number, huh? Mm-hmm. I'd remember that. That'll be a good one. If I ever am hitting on a scientist in a bar, I'll be like, what's your H number? And he'll yeah. be so impressed. So he'll make out with me on the spot. Below a 10, you know, get, ditch that loser, right? What are you, an intro scientist? You're not a real scientist. 
So what do you do in your daily today? We started talking about this a little bit the other day and because you you and your lovely <clears throat> wife, Haley, are visiting for the eclipse. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay! Good job, Sun and Moon. Good yeah. job. It performed Great. as expected. Yeah. Um, with some flair. With some flair. Oh, oh good oh. joke. <laughs> that was good. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. You were talking about cancer specifically the your research was it your particular research or the research in general has yeah so until you get to a very senior place in your life as a scientist you never get to do your research okay so um, it's it's always okay. the research you're that the your boss is doing yeah <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> sweet i get it yeah it's, it's like uh it's like being a good bartender right like mm-hmm. i can make any of these cocktails but I'm only in a given night going to make the ones that someone asks me to. Right. Um, and you have to do the dishes. And then I have to do dishes. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it pays well. Okay, so talk about what it is you do specifically. As, uh, okay. as, as specifically as you can, because I know that yeah. your research is kind of all over the place. But So so I'm um, a profession called a bioinformaticist. Some people say bioinformatician. They're wrong. That's fine. Because um, it sounds like technician. We're, we're scientists. Um, so I am probably one third microbiologist, one third IT and one third, uh, statistician. Hmm. You look more Swedish, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get that. I hang out with like a, a lot of people from all over like Europe and whatever. I'm like, uh, so where do you think I'm from anyway? Cause I'll be hanging Swedish. out with like, you know, 12. You look kind of Sven like, I mean, yeah. it's the beard. Happening. I, I got Luxembourg recently, oh, which tells me that someone has spent way too much time near Luxembourg. I think because she's from like South France, so yeah. that's the only way you'd be like, you know, who's from just over the border? It's like those Luxembourgers. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> we're gonna we haven't had our coffee. We're trying to drink our coffee and have this conversation. It's quite early in the morning, and uh, y'all are are flying out today. So I wanted to catch you before mm. you left. Um, Okay, so what are you studying? Uh, okay, so um, I just switched fields to the cancer field. Um, before that, I was in microbiome research, which is studying all of the bacteria and viruses and fungi that live in and on you. Um, I think that's been pretty well covered in a lot of really great podcasts. Uh, the, the bugs that are on you? Yeah. 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 Um, but more specifically, but more specifically, I focus on, uh, no, I meant which bugs you most specifically focused on just cause it's oh, fun well, to say on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's E. coli. The big one we keep running into is called Prevotella. What's that? Uh, Prevotella is the, one of the two major species which inhabits the intestinal microbiome. Huh. So there's uh, Bacteroides and Prevotella, and those are two, they're not species, they're, they're genus, which are the level up in, in the taxonomy. Um, and everyone, except for small pockets of random people, including me, uh, have either Prevotella dominant or Bacteroides dominant. Hmm. And I was just sort of still stuck on the taxonomy. Oh, I was just yeah, picturing right. a bunch of bacterium in Boston dumping, you know, E. coli into the harbor saying, no taxonomy. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my brain went for a no. second. <laughs> no, no, King Philip came over from greater Spain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, okay, what does that mean exactly? Is that good to have that or not? Uh, so it's, it's good in the way that having a pine forest is good. Oh, um, that it's pretty and smells nice? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think anyone's intestinal microbiome smells nice. Uh, I've I've smelled quite a few, and really? so far zero for zero. On Cadav- this. Have you cadaverous? You mean? Or? Uh, no, no, just like samples from people. You know, every, every uh, we do a lot of studies in um, like people with uh, the irritable bowel disease spectrum yeah. of diseases. Sure. Um, <clears throat> th- those people have regular sampling from further up as well as you know. Mm-hmm. The easy to get stuff, which is poop. So you basically just look at poop and try not to sniff it? Uh, no, I've always had people for that, yeah. But when it's in the next room being processed in a blender, it's kind of hard to miss. Wow. What like, oh, it's, what's that science, lunch, guys? ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mix up that smoothie yeah, blender. It, it, it comes It comes into... Um, uh, don't don't sue me, anyone, craft foods especially. Uh, it, it comes in Cool Whip containers, which oh. they just call them that. It's it's exactly that shape of dish. Yeah. Uh, but it fits into a ring that you place on the toilet, and that's how we collect the samples. Oh. Um, but it's I assume that's like a standard plastic form mold. Sure. Yeah. But casually, people keep saying Cool Whip. Yeah. It is delicious. It is delicious. Yeah. Anyway, so... I'm not at all associated with the topic. No, not at all. <laughs> um, okay, so you say you keep finding that bacterium. Mm. What does that mean? Like, it's just hanging out on the piano <clears throat> bench? or right. So so we actually, in, in that specific field, we call ourselves um, microbial uh, ecologists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much like any other ecologist would walk into the woods and start counting squirrels or ducks or... Uh, especially this this measurement where we we try to catch all the fish in a pond. We can't catch all the fish in a pond, so we catch as many fish as we can. We tag them. We come back the next day, catch as many fish as we can. We can know things using numbers that ecologists have like developed over uh, a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all sorts of really excellent, easy maths you can do to estimate how many fish are in the pond. Mm-hmm. But you can do a lot more. Um, so. Hmm. Uh, with regards to the, the pine trees metaphor, right? Uh-huh. Uh, if you walk into a pine forest, it's not that you won't see a beech tree. It's that you'll mostly see pine trees or prevotella in this metaphor. And you're talking about inside the body. It's right, not just... right. Oh, uh, right. So that, that deserves clarification. Uh, our observation instrument is a sequencer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we do is we take out the poop, we put it in the blender, uh, we wash ethanol over it, we wash uh, this, that, and the other and all your proprietary. Corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick all the corn out. Someone has to do that. I read some scientific uh, article, not, not to disengage from what we were talking about, but it was, uh, the, I just remember this phrase, corn as marker. Because <laughs> people eat corn, it takes so long. You, yeah, can, just, you can you estimate can, transit time. Yeah, you can estimate how long it takes you to digest by eating corn and then waiting to see how long you're, till the corn comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, I digress. Go on. No, no, Sorry. Cor- corn, is, just, corn, corn is not even remotely a digression from what we're talking about. Corn anymore. as marker may be one of the best punk names, punk band names. Oh, yeah, I would, I would, I would write for them. Yeah. I would go to see that <laughs> band. Anyway. Uh, so so our, um, our observation instrument, instead of our eyes and a notepad, is uh, a sequencer, which is going to chop up all of the bacteria that we have, and we're going to extract what's called the 16S ribosome. Uh, if you remember, like, seventh grade bio, all there's various pieces of a cell. Uh, the ribosome is what turns RNA into proteins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're just extracting that because every bacteria has just this one piece, 
and we can put that into a sequencer. And when you use the sequencer, it's like using your eyeballs to count ducks. You can say, well, six had blue bills and four had red bills. So, so you can know that in this person's digestive tract, you, there's a, a particular balance or lack thereof of this. Mm -hmm. Why that specific uh, bacteria? Are you why are you looking for that one specifically? Oh, we, yeah, or are you looking for any of them? Uh, yeah, you were, we weren't looking for any at all. We were just looking to make statements uh, about what we assumed was an ecology. Uh-huh. Uh, and like any ecology, it has... Uh, states of stable and unstable. Right. Um, and IBS would be caused by an unstable. <laughs> um, we cannot definitively say that, but that is one prevailing theory. Yeah. Is, is, uh, so in, in Tolstoy, is, Anna, is it Tolstoy? Anna Karenina? Anna Karenina? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tolstoy. Yeah. yeah. Anna okay. Karenina. Uh -huh. All right. I've no. never heard it pronounced. It's um, okay. You just said like seven words I can't pronounce, so yeah. <laughs> I think you're still winning. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so one of the, the phrases that the um, statisticians picked out of that is that all, all happy families are alike, but all unhappy families are unhappy in their own way. Hmm. And so when we talk about ordered and disordered communities of microbes, um, we, we try to think about like all the all the happy families seem to be in one of these two groups um, the Prevotella or the Bacteroides all and the so, happy belly families all, all the happy belly families yeah. right um, and everyone else seems to be off shot in some other way they may have too much Vianella they may have too much Streptococcus they may have too much E. coli mm -hmm. but the, there doesn't appear to be one unified way in which they're disordered um, and and all of those families of bacteria I know you heard E. coli and you're like oh that's the bad one well it, E. coli turns out to be incredibly useful uh, E. coli is in every healthy person mm -hmm. uh, and and a lot of it well I mean we have a lot of all sorts of weird ass stuff <clears throat> in us at yeah. all times yeah. it's just we hopefully it's all working in tandem with all the other stuff yeah, it's yeah, when yeah. things get off balance that trouble right, arises. Right. So, so earlier I said, you know, like the old order on this, or older minutes, just like everyone else. Um, bacteria are just like everyone else, too. They're quite happy doing the right thing all the time in a great society when things are working. Sometimes people or bacteria break bad. Uh, and almost all bacteria have some molecular threat mechanism. Yeah. Whether it's sending out spines or creating shigella toxin or... Ooh, that's a bad one. I've read about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but we have shigella in us all the time. They're just sitting there doing it. And he was a fabulous painter, shigella. Uh, ah, just kidding. Uh, so I'm just going to make <clears throat> the worst jokes during this episode. I, I know it. <laughs> I can feel it. Um, so this, this may or may not be a question you can answer. When, when your poop just smells terrible, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> sure. Is it more because of what we ate or is it because something we ate then reacted with the, the bacteria and it's really the bacteria that's smelling? Uh, so the, the, the bacteria are making volatile organic compounds out of what you ate. Ah. Um, so this, this is like the moral that we know from, from having studied this. We, there's a whole lot of information. We're just at the beginning of the field. We're just processing this. And one thing that's immediately obvious is that eat fiber. 
Eat fiber. Eat fiber. Broccoli, take, take that home. I'm, I, if, if, can we get an endorsement from fiber? I, I would love to do that. Yeah. Please. This, this thing ain't cheap to run, so yeah. <laughs> anybody that wants to throw money at me, I'll, I'll talk about broccoli Maybe all day long. Kellogg's or something. Yeah. yeah here. And then why is that? Um, so the thing that the bacteria eat is fiber. We can't, actually. Um, we, we just poop it out. Right. Um, but the I mean, bacteria... We can eat it, it just right, doesn't right. I mean, we break have, down. We have digestive enzymes, and there's a range of nutrition that they process. Um, one of the things that we don't process is cellulose. Uh, but the bacteria are ridiculously well-equipped to process that. And when we give them that, they're happy. It's it's like when there's an up economy, everyone's just like, hey, what if we just, I don't know, invest in the stock market and drink mimosas? Right. Right. But when, when there's a bad economy, when there's no fiber to be had, then the fighting begins. Yeah, and that's when things get sketchy. And so eat your sketchy. fiber, kids. Eat your fiber. It's not that hard. Go, it's like spinach. Okay. Spinach, broccoli. Well, yeah. um, if it crunches when you bite it, it's good for you. Yeah. Apples then? Apples. I guess oh, that's, yeah. that's Apples. high in yeah. fiber. Um, trying to think of some of the other high fiber Bananas. Foods. Bananas are ridiculously high fiber. Really? Mm-hmm. But they're so soft. I yeah. don't know why yeah. I those, equate those fiber strings, foods you know, to things can, that get stuck in your You can keep teeth. peeling a banana after you peel it. There's the thin little white yeah, strands. Sure. Those are made of... We tried uh, to smoke those in high school thinking yeah, they would get us high. Yeah. Even that's it. hyperventilation. Yeah. That's what happened right there. Mm. Um, but those, those peels are made of something called resistant starch, mm-hmm. um, which is, is like even more interesting than, than like normal uh, cellulose fiber. So if you eat a banana broccoli brand muffin, you are fucking killing yeah. the game. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. You still won't be caught up to, and I want to tread carefully here. Uh, some people are equating an ancestral state to the diets the, of traditionally living hunter-gatherers today. Are you talking about the blood eat for your blood type type situation? Are you talking paleo? What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> Right now, so, there's, so there's people think, actually trying to figure out so, what the hell you just right, said. Okay. So, uh, a long time ago, uh, only like 10,000 years ago, uh, we were still hanging out in Africa, right? And mm-hmm. evolutionarily, that's no time at all. Hey, I'm 2.7% Neanderthal. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm like two or three, yeah. Yeah, so awesome. Right? It explains my incredibly long arms. We should be able to get, can, can we get a Neanderthal for that? A Neanderthal yeah. endorsement? Testing. Uh, I don't think so. That'd be great, though. <laughs> I don't know why that would be great. I just, I would feel like somebody would show up Some, at the door. Some, yeah, just take this sack of cash. Good job. Keep doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> society. So 10,000 years ago, in no evolutionary time whatsoever. Mm-hmm. We were eating lots of stuff in, you know, sub-Saharan Africa, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's where we were. Mm-hmm. We we know that. We've we've seen the bones. We've picked the DNA out from between the bones. It's it's not that hard. Um, <clears throat> so what were they eating? And uh, where? How how can we best align ourselves with what they were eating? So there are there are traditionally living hunter gatherer populations today. We don't know that that's what they were eating 10,000 years ago. Right, well, the food was different 10,000. There's a ton of species that have probably yeah, well, died we off. We didn't really have bananas, right? Yeah. Like, right. They, I mean, we had like little tiny nut bananas, right? Yeah, there were a um, lot of differences in the, what yeah, was sure, grown. Yeah, sure, sure. And, and climate has changed and desertification of Africa is a real thing. Yeah. Like, they've been moving around. But were people farming that? Did that, I, not, yeah, that didn't start I happening until... I would be hesitant to state when agriculture began. I yeah. do not know. I don't either. We'll have to look, I'll look that up and put it as a link on the Hey Human yeah, podcast, because yeah. now I'm curious about that. All right. Yeah, those entire history of everything is like, yeah. uh, and then agriculture happened. Yeah. Somewhere in there. 
Um, so we're 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 eating food uh, as a hunter gatherer. As a hunter gatherer, a thousand years ago. Uh, so what what can we estimate about that state today? So um, one of my co-researchers, who I just won't name, just I don't that's know because she's shy. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Sarah, no, I'm kidding. That's well, not you got it right. Actually. No way. Yeah, that's shut up. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Right. So there's there's a Sarah out of like the million Sarahs ever. Um, <laughs> wow, is is actually quite famous, and she does a lot of studies in uh, like southeastern Africa, in, in Tanzania and Botswana, uh, and then some other countries that are a little further away. Yeah. Um, and so within there's there's a couple of reserves where we've said we've found some you know what we think are traditionally living people. They, who knows? They could just be people who like decided to opt out, you know, like mm. Dick Prennicky style or something like mm. that. Um, <clears throat> but we, we assert that they are living traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, if we look at their diets and, and they're quite healthy, um, many of them are 80 years old, which, okay, take that modern medicine. Yeah. Maybe there's something to a good diet. Maybe there's something to paleo. Um, they are eating something very different. Um, they're eating fiber on a level that we just can't comprehend. Like, like if you were to try it, you'd be like, I'm not actually sure how to eat that. That mostly looks like a stick. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> mostly looks like a stick. Huge portions of their diet are comprised of uh, baobab, or if you're white, you say baobab tree. Baobab tree. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's Even they ate the bark? Uh, they, they eat the pulp from the middle of the oh. tree, and they also... Uh, if, if you're not that far from there, one of my Kenyan friends was telling me they eat um, baobab seeds covered in, like, a sticky resin. And they still eat that today. Oh, yeah. It's like a snack for, for oh. kids in, like, elementary school or whatever. Okay. And then he told me awful tricks where you can take a seed and you can rub them on the table until they get really hot and burn your friends with them. Oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> unless you're getting burnt. <laughs> um, oh, kids. Oh, kids. Uh, so other things traditional hunter-gatherers are eating is lots of termite honey uh, or, or ground bee honey. Um, they're eating uh, a lot of roots and tubers. Now, what, is, what does that actually look like? Um, I do love me a good tuber. Yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of the root vegetables. So, so in the Northeast, we, we have like lots of birch trees, right? We mm-hmm. love to, you yeah. know, you'll find like a, yeah. a white birch. You break it off and you, you just like stuff like a twig into your mouth and you chew on that. Um, and then after a little bit, you're like, mm, I've just realized I'm chewing on a sugarless stick and you spit it out. Um, the roots that they're digging up and eating are sweet, something to that degree. And they're just carrying around like a chunk of it, like shredding it a little bit, putting it in like the corner of their mouth, a little quid of it, like uh-huh. tobacco or something. And they're just sucking on that all day. But are they getting, if they're not chewing up the fibrous material and they're just <clears throat> sucking at the sap of it, are they getting yeah. the... Oh, you, you get a lot of the fiber. Oh, it, I mean, it breaks apart. Right? Oh, okay. if, you, if you've done it with a, a birch twig, you've, you've felt that, like, <laughs> did something just go down my throat? I'm a, now I'm going to have to order some birch twigs online and yeah. start chowing down. Yeah. But but they're, because they're doing that all day, when you try to measure their fiber intake versus, like anywhere remotely westernized, yeah. uh, you know, even I, I want to like throw Beijing in here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our diets are so much more processed. Like, mm-hmm. pe- all right, you're eating raw foods. Okay, cool. You're caught up a little bit, right? Until you are sucking on a twig all day, you're not catching up. Right. Uh, so, so, uh, so their poo is very healthy, you're trying to say. 
Uh, well, they don't. They when you go ask them, uh, you describe the the IBD spectrum of yeah, diseases. Sure. They do not know what you're talking about because it's just not in there. Yeah. If they're Benacular. like, hey, remember that time where you took a poop and it really hurt? And they're like, yeah, I had cholera. Oh wow! Right. Like, Interesting. By the way, I have a great uh, dad joke. Oh. What's long and brown and sticky? I know this one though. It's, it's a, a stick. stick. <laughs> I love that joke. Yeah. So, okay. So. <laughs> You, how long did you study this stuff? Uh, for the last six years, I, and I was at the University of Pennsylvania. So the other day when we were talking, I take a probiotic every day that mm-hmm. costs gajillions of dollars from the Whole Foods or from wherever. Not Also not a product placement. Whole Foods, happy to advertise for you. Send me a check. Um, <laughs> anyway, and you said that you don't know that it's really, so that might be something for the stomach. But I said, yeah, but what about... The lady parts, the vagina, which has a lovely natural flora to her. She, you know, but one false move and she can get grumpy and all sorts of things can happen. Um, and you were saying that, that it doesn't necessarily transfer, that if you're eating it, like so many people do. Yeah. And then we talked about how some women put yogurt up there and that that's <laughs> actually a thing. Or, and then it just yeah, de- yeah. devolved from there into a conversation. I, I can't endorse that. Yeah, that, yeah, that we won't. Well, I, neither can I because I don't know. I've yeah. never done it personally and it sounds rather messy, first of all. And dairy products up the Yoohoo doesn't sound like a great idea. It anyway, depends what you're into. I guess so. Anyway, moving into that realm of things, sure. um, to talk about the... I know many, many people take probiotics and, and, and it's endorsed by so many yeah. like natural, naturopathic medicine and even just regular artists like, yeah. yeah, take a probiotic. Yeah. Uh, so do they work? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many much better researchers than me have gone on the record saying that while probiotics work, uh, while you are taking them, mm-hmm they appear to have very little competitive advantage when they're not getting a fresh supply from pills every day. So if you miss a, a week or something, it's, yeah, it's back to the, zero. Um, almost within a day. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so the you have to think about, and this isn't proven, okay? All right. It's not proven. Don't yell at me. Uh, <laughs> if you think about it, just sort of logically, these, thing, these probiotics are made in these great big tanks in... in bioreactors in southern LA. Yeah. Right? A couple of my friends work on these things, right? Yeah. They, they describe them. You you put in the nutrient medium, it's made of pure food. Yeah. Uh, and then they swim around in there all day and just eat that. And yeah. that's how they grow more of them. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a couple different directions to take that. Uh, there's one important feature about bacteria to know. They're incredibly lazy. They, they're they actually quite good at dissecting and kicking out any part of their own genome that's not um, energetically favorable. So if they don't need uh, the ability to eat lactose, this is like the famous study, they kick out the lactose genes. They just toss them out into the soup next to them. Mm. Uh, and something bacteria regularly sample for, for bits of these plasmids. Uh, and we'll, we'll take them in and sometimes they'll even integrate them properly into their genome. Interesting. Um, That's a really smart little creature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, or awful, right? Cause it could be poison, right? Mm. It's, it's like, oh, it's like picking up a sandwich off of the street. You're like sweet free sandwich, mm-hmm. right? I'm not um, saying I've ever done that, but maybe I have. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> so, well, you, you called it smart. I didn't, I, I just said it is a behavior. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, if you're if you're desperately in need of calories, you may think sweet free free street sandwich. Yeah. Um, maybe it'll give me superpowers. Right. So is that where cancers come into play? Ooh, uh, that is a bit of a jump. We, we can oh, it is. we can go there. Um, <laughs> well, because you said that sometimes it eats the street sandwich and things go yeah, awry. Yeah, so it, it might just it might just kill the bacteria, uh, or it might give them antibiotic resistance. Mm. Uh, but the point is that bacteria tend to toss out these genes when they're not necessary. So they're, they're always into slimming down their profile because the less DNA you have to keep around, the less energy it costs to keep it maintained. Uh, so in a bioreactor where all they have is food, it's food, 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 and friends. It's just more lactobacillus acidophilus, more bifidobacterium. In one big tank. In one big tank, right. It's all it's all friends. They're not fighting. They've all long ago thrown away their their Animosity. virulence genes, yeah. right? That, <laughs> we, we call them virulence genes uh, because of like a virus. Yeah. Um, they don't fight. They just eat because that's all there is to do all day. And think about how competitive you would be if someone said, you know, welcome to, I don't know, Westworld and you can just Indulge. Eat and drink and fuck your way through yeah, whatever. Like sure. enjoy, you you would very quickly become spoiler like a, alert. That doesn't ever work out well. Super, yeah, yeah don't, <laughs> don't watch the show expecting that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, so how do if I'm eating, if I'm thinking, oh my vagina is a mess, and I'm eating a probiotic. Yeah. It's, they're not going to talk to me. The, my tummy bugs aren't going to go, oh, hey, head over to the vag, yeah, see I what would, happens. I would Sorry, I can the, say people are probably cringing at the word yeah. vag, but, you know. I would I would question the route that you think they're taking. Like, are they, like, creeping around? Yeah, the, I don't know. The, I would question the, it, too, after talking to you. Meal stretch yeah, or, suddenly like, I'm questioning it, which yeah. is why. Um, there, there's I, I think some, of it as systemic. I yeah. think if I take this probiotic systemically, it's going to go everywhere. I, w- I would be super worried if the bacteria were in your blood, right? Mm. We have a word for that. It's called sepsis, right? Oh. If you heard the house episode, that usually uh, oh, yeah. follows someone immediately being rushed out of the room and, and dying. And dying, yeah. right? So like, oh, he's septic. Oh, we're, it's we're very done bad. here. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the if if there is a route, it is not well mapped and. Without getting too deep into it, I've been in an actual fight in the literature already over almost exactly this, and I'm not super excited to reignite No, it's fine. So, uh, for me, I can say it. I would think that the best plan of action would be to uh, to do um, a suppository of the vaginal... Yeah, that's certainly... And, and in, in clinical treatment, we always try to treat uh, symptoms where they're at, right? We could give you whole body steroids for your asthma, or you could take an inhaler and get it directly to your lungs. Which seems like the smarter plan. Right, and that's that's currently medical procedure, right? right. If, if we can target a treatment, we do target a treatment. Yeah, it's also fascinating, and it's it's a topic that could we could talk about this for hours, and I'm fascinated by it. I don't know if everyone else is, but I certainly am. Um, let's just for sake of time, let's mm-hmm. move into cancer, shall okay, we? Okay, cancer, so what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah what you're doing now. So more wonderful researchers have gone on before me to say, when people talk about cancers, we're talking about a very broad spectrum of diseases, which come from a whole bunch of different sources. It's what you mean the causation? Yeah. 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 Um, So most people think smoking, right? You say cancer, people think smoking. Sure. Um, Or coal tar or burnt toast. Burnt, yeah, uh, burnt meat actually is, is failed the Ames test, which is a, a test we use to see if something's carcinogenic. Um, 
those uh, those are all in the family of environmental exposures. Um, so diesel exhaust is an environmental exposure. You, if, if you can avoid it, you are suffering one less strike against your genome. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we also have a number of genetic uh, defects which predispose people to cancer. Um, you know, when, when kids are born uh, and, like, we find out that they already have, like, a tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something genetic that happened and... Well, that's we're, interesting. We're working now, on it. So if, if in utero, if, let's, the baby is born and comes out with, say, like uh, eye cancer or something like that, yeah. meaning it developed in utero, is that, could it, you know, atta- umbilical, the umbilical yeah. cord is attached to the mother. Could it be that the genetic, yeah. that it's actually the mother maybe that has the cancer? And it's- so I, I think that's maybe an unhealthy approach. I mm. think I think a lot of women may attempt to blame themselves mm. for childhood cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of built-in filters. Okay. I, w- um, I mean, I wasn't trying right. to blame anyone. I was just yeah. curious because I think about how yeah, I mean, I, I that's like a it, right? giant <laughs> super system, really. Right, right. You know? Um, we, we have all sorts of immunological barriers between the mother and the child. Oh, we have, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can see this. Soup. If you if you have a child, you may get a Rogam shot if your blood types don't match. Because if you just do Mendelian genetics, if you're, if you're an A positive and your husband's a B negative, uh, what's going to come out is going to be A, B, whatever. I'm not great at genetics. Um, <clears throat> And, and you'll have uh, immune cross-reactivity between the mother and the child. Mm. And to prevent during birthing, that, that barrier is, is thinned quite a lot. Uh, and, and the mother is allowed to interact with her very powerful, fully developed immune system with her child. So to prevent um, anything immune-related attacking the child, we give the mother a Rogam shot, which is like a huge uh, immune suppressant. That makes her feel awful, but also makes sure that she can't really hurt her baby. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Yeah, um, so there there are very very strong uh, barriers between the mother and the child for most of pregnancy. Mm, okay, so we've got environmental. We've got environmental, we've got genetic, and we've got genetic. Um, and there's also like family histories of stomach cancer, right? If your father died of stomach cancer and his father died of stomach cancer, mm-hmm. maybe watch what you're eating. Um, so, so those we can't do much about and gene editing is getting better and better every day. Uh, but at least with environmental exposures, you're able to prevent your exposure to some degree. Uh, those two we think are about 30% and about 30% respectively. Which two? Uh, environmental and genetic Mm -hmm. risk factors for cancer. Uh, which leaves a whole bunch that we don't really know. And increasingly research is pointing us in the direction that the answer might be microbiological in origin. Um, like a fungus or something? Like Yeah, like a cancer fungus. Uh, I don't, I, I can't, see, that's nutty. To I me. can't like... think of a cancer fungus right now, but I, I wouldn't rule it out. And if you, by the way, if you are a uh, fungal oncologist, please call me. I want to know. Call me too. I yeah. want to know. But <laughs> I, you know, I find this super fascinating, the idea that you can, like cancer, it might be a fungus, it might be a... Um, uh, a virus, right? Yeah, so there's a couple of those you already know about, right? HPV. Right. Is, is a virus a, a which causes cancer. It's a sexually transmitted disease that causes cancer. Correct. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and, and by the a, way, there's about, what, 57 some odd strains yeah, of HPV? Yeah. What, I'm, what I'm trying to say is go get vaccinated. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because not spreading a cancer virus is good for all of us. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, there there are a bunch of those. There are some bacteria which are also associated as risk factors. I, I, I want to hold on really before we move on HPV. I want to make it clear that cervical cancer. That's yeah. that's what causes Cer- cervical, cervical cancer is HPV. Cervical yeah. cancer is actually a sexually transmitted disease. Right. Please. Please use think about Think about all the wonderful people in your life who have shared wonderful experiences with you and consider giving them cancer. Yeah. All right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be safe. Okay. Right. Because, we, because we can do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so increasingly, we're, we're turning our eyes towards these viral and, and bacterial causes of mm-hmm. cancers, mm-hmm. Uh, which we can do anything about. We can, we can make vaccines. Um, we, can, we can practice safe sex. Uh, the, these things will die out as, as microbiologists, as virologists, we actually stand a chance of fighting these. Um, this third of cancers. This, this third of cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, exposure awareness is part of the attack on cancer. Um, you know, not saying don't enjoy hot dogs, but enjoy hot dogs responsibly. Well, yeah, because a, a major carcinogen is, is the processed meat. So your yeah. bologna, your... Your yes. hot dogs, your it's it's specifically the uh, the nitrates in yeah. there that we use for uh, preserving them. Yeah, nitrates are bad. Nitrate nitrates bad, kids. Nitrates. There bad. goes my nitrate sponsorship. So if you, if you're smoking <laughs> cigarettes laced with nitrates, you will die of cancer. Okay. It's just a question of when. Yeah. So I think a lot of people aren't aware of the the two strike hypothesis. We have two copies of every chromosome in our body, except for X and Y, right? Um, and one is there as a backup. Um, so if we have a defective protein being produced off of one, we still have the other chromosome that we can uh, un, un well, Release it's, the it's, packaged, it's packaged <laughs> up so that we don't always make two copies of everything. Yeah, because uh, in, isn't that literally cancer? Read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any any kind of imbalance probably can lead to some cascade, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so too much, too little. It's all a very careful walk. Um, but when we talk about DNA damage, I think the easiest one to think about is the sun, right? So when the sun hits your skin, it takes the, the letters of DNA, A, T, G, C. And if two T's are next to each other, the sun hits it and fuses them at just some low rate. Whatever, whatever it's penetrating your skin at, if it sees two T's next to each other, there's a small chance that they just fuse into one big, lumpy, weird super T. And then when the DNA replication machinery comes by to make new cells, because let's face it, you got sunburned, you need new cells. Uh, it hits that spot and it says, whoops, I made a wrong message. I made a weird double T thing. Uh, sometimes it just falls off and just doesn't make the protein. Uh, if it's a protein that is responsible for having you not produce lots too many cells, um, I realize that's a double negative. That's all the biology. Probably just get used to that. It, an oncogene inhibitor is one that keeps cells from growing out of control. Right. Like cell growth good, too much cell growth cancer. Right. Um, so a growth inhibitor is a good thing. So if you, Only in cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Sorry. I'm a 12-year-old boy. So damaging a regulator is a bad idea and the the sun damages regulators or damages everything and some of the things that damages are regulators but you have a spare copy so you have to get hit in the same gene twice on your on your spare copy of that 
for the gene product to really become defective. So what you're saying, let me try okay, and yeah, break this down. There's a lot here, right? Yeah, so what you're saying is we're, we come with two copies of our genes. Mm -hmm. One is, is kind of hanging out, waiting to be tagged in like a wrestling match. Yep. And the sun comes along, it zaps us, and it maybe it finds a because we have errors in our let's just look yeah. at our body like a computer and right. in our coding of our computer body there are errors here and there but overall the body can function normally because it, overall it, it doesn't care about a couple of hiccups here and there but if the sun hits an error and then fuses that error and then the replicator comes along and because our cells, we, we get all new cells, what, every seven or nine years? I've read that. Is that true? Depending on the body size. Yeah. Okay. So the, the replicator comes along and say, hey, time to make some new skin cells because you kind of screwed the skin cell up. Um, and then it replicates the bad guy. Correct. And then... So the bad guy's just going to fail. We're just so going to get yeah. an incomplete protein. It's so not then, work. it's because, like half a car. So then the 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 tag, next tag wrestler comes out because you you've tagged that cell out because mm -hmm. it's damaged. The next cell comes and says, "Hey, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm you know I've been working out. I'm ready to take yep. over. Still still no problem. Everything yeah. is still Everything's great. Fine. We can still enjoy sun. And let's say the sun comes along and burns that same spot again in the same cell that the, already took damage. Yeah, in the same place, and it also does the double T and fuses. That's when cancer gets to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's well, a lot like uh, so a lot that's like a lottery bullets. cancer lottery. It yeah. seems like so many people get cancer. We live a long time and we see a lot of sun. That's true. Yeah, and hot dogs and, you yeah. know. Burnt toast. Burnt toast. Yeah. Uh, so, you, is your field, what you're doing right now, are you working on the um, virology angle of cancer? Or yeah. are you working on the, the coding angle of Or is it all one yeah. thing? Um, it helps a lot to understand all of them. Mm -hmm. um, so, bioinformatics, I view as being... What did I already say this? I don't a, know. A third. Yeah, a third, a third, a third. A third, a third, a third. Um, it's like a songwriter room. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's one of those places that we still have room for, for Renaissance men and women, right? Where, where a very cross-functional understanding of lots of fields is incredibly necessary. Yeah. Um, I imagine mathematics. Yeah. Genetics. Virology. Yeah. What else? Statistics. Statistics. Um, if, if the thought of installing, you know... 12 8 terabyte hard drives and hooking them all together into one big super hard drive scares you you're going to need to call in another expert right yeah. and more experts is more names on your paper yeah um <clears throat> that's an interesting way to look at it yeah 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 you want to be the only one right? is it exciting to oh it's super exciting are you right? are just, we heading toward the cure for a lot of things yeah well i mean we've we've got the cure for hpv or many types of hpv yeah. Um, so yeah, Can we're, an adult we're heading get immunized for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you don't already, eventually, have I probably will have sex again. I don't know when, yeah. but you know, yeah, yeah. someday. And, <laughs> and even even if you already have, but I'm very good at the safe sex. I am promoting the safe sex. Sorry, that's very important. To very me. important. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you already have a form of HPV, you do not have all of the forms of HPV, mm -hmm. and co-infection can and does happen. Mm -hmm. So. Unless you already have collected all, I think, 23 immunizable strains of HPV, uh, don't play Pokemon and don't collect them all. Still go get the shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That being said, if you're in a happy, wonderful, monogamous relationship and you trust each other very much. And you've uh, been tested already. Yeah. And you've been tested already. Yeah. Just continue to love each other. Right? Right, guys? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we're, we're moving toward... Uh, 
virological, microbiological cures for the things that, you know, the kind of molecular biology we've been practicing since, you know, like the 1920s, since, mm-hmm. since Jonas Salk was like, I think we should not have people walking around crippled from polio. I'm going right. to work on that. Sure. Thanks, Henrietta Leck. Yeah. Thanks, Henrietta Lex. Thanks, Jonas Salk. Uh, and, and thanks, Grace Hopper, for inventing the computers that we need to look at all that DNA. Yeah. Uh, she's like my personal hero. Nice. Rear, rear Admiral Grace Hopper, you have to put that in there. Yeah, I'll put all these links to all these fabulous people that have saved countless lives on the heyhumanpodcast.com link yeah. page. Um, so yeah, we're, we're moving toward a cure for all, all manner of things um, in, in an integrated fashion, working very closely with, with uh, clinicians, working very closely with uh, the people who build and maintain the supercomputers for the university. Uh, we work very closely with like real statisticians because we, it's it's sort of a shame like when you're good enough at statistics you will know someone who's way better mm-hmm. if you're good at programming you will know someone who's way better of course it's true with anything right so so if you're paying attention there's always someone in the room smarter than you yeah what one of the one of the faults of of the renaissance person kind of uh methodology is that you will never catch up to the people who only do that sure well that makes sense yeah right so so you can't like exclude them you can't just be a superman right yeah. that, that ubermensch idea is, is if i like, could play inherently wrong that, i just hope that insurance companies will stop charging eight billion dollars for the treatments oh it's, it's almost criminal yeah. it is no it is criminal well, that, let's take almost out of that yeah. i i personally believe <laughs> I know you have to be Yeah, I have to, I have to be, be a little neutral. Yeah, I'm gonna, but like, I personally run believe into an it is criminal. On campus and yeah. He's just going to, like, fight me. Cold cock you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, a couple of years ago, I was working at the University of Pennsylvania, and uh, within the infectious disease wing of the hospital there, they have um, a lot of people that come in with these, what they call refractory Clostridium difficile infections, where they no matter how many times they give them the antibiotics and, and knock stuff down, uh, for whatever reason, this, this particularly nasty strain of bacteria that's very painful uh, called Clostridium difficile, which is French for hard as crap to get rid of. Uh, get it? Get it. Okay. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that's not right, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely not right, but difficile is a pretty, pretty good word. Um, just it, it keeps showing up and, and there's not really a good way to get rid of it. Most of our antibiotic cocktails are marginally effective at best. Well, isn't so it, these, aren't anti, uh, antibiotics hard on the digestive tract anyway? From what I understand, whenever I take antibiotics, I'm also taking the probiotics to try and not end up with a screwed up stomach. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure without giving like direct medical advice here that you're not supposed to take probiotics or yogurt or whatever with antibiotics no i do it a few hours later i don't do it at the same time oh yeah okay um still don't know if that's particularly advisable i think i think i remember being told something like that at that time has it changed Uh, i don't know i'm not a doctor the idea is to be killing stuff and then if you give it things to kill then you're like kind of soaking up the drug. Ah, oh, interesting. So wait maybe until after consult your doctors, people. That's all. Consult your doctor. Consult your doctor. Just ask. Uh, I'm not a, yeah, not a doctor. Uh, 
So right, so people keep getting these this infection, and and it just keeps coming back and keeps coming back, and there doesn't seem to be a good way to get rid of it. But one of the doctors in our uh, infectious disease clinic uh, said, you know, I think if we just play ecology, we can outcompete them, and so we set up a, a an idea where we would hit them with the antibiotics and then take healthy stool from healthy donors who were pre-screened, uh, who also conveniently kind of worked in and around the lab. Uh, and you can do um, a nasogastric infusion of a tube that goes in your nose and down your throat and into your stomach and hopefully onto the other side of the little sphincter in the bottom of your stomach. Uh, and you can put fresh, healthy material in at the top and just sort of ecologically outcompete the, the bad bacteria. And, Wait, so and you put you put poop down into your stomach? Well, hopefully past your stomach. Oh, down uh, through that sphincter. So, yeah, right, past, past that sphincter, yeah. Uh, I hear, unfortunately, that if they miss uh, the most common side effect... You know when you take like fish oil pills and you get that that burp where it kind yeah. of tastes like yeah 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 uh, I hear the similar side effect. Oh god, you burp poop. Yeah yeah. Oh, how horrifying! Uh, <laughs> Past the sphincter sounds like a really bad game at a college party. Past <laughs> <laughs> sphincter. Yeah. Oh man, that's rough. Well, they say that if you're severely blocked intestinally, that you, if you start throwing up fecal matter, that that is certainly get to an emergency room immediately. That something is you've yeah. definitely got a bad blockage. Yeah, that would that be pretty bad. That would that would be pretty bad. Um, so this is a, a uh, experimental kind of procedure that we received approval to perform on a limited subset of patients who had been in and out of the hospital for like months and sometimes years. Hmm. Um, and the so the couple of donors that I knew got kind of competitive with each other where we were like we would you know don't make make donations and then you know the physician who was treating them would come back and be like you know one more cure this week good job you know good job Aubrey uh, and I had a pretty good record going until I got like really sick and then like wait we're gonna pull you in the last couple weeks, you know, because there's like a back. Um, and then pretty shortly thereafter, I ended up leaving the university and uh, they switched over to a more professionally quality controlled source uh, very shortly after that, which is the exact same procedure, but with more like screening of the candidates. See, now I always thought they did it through the anus. I didn't realize they did it down through the... Yeah. Um, so the, the gastroenterologists seem to like doing them that direction. And I think most people kind of prefer to receive, you know, enemas instead. Yeah, sure. Um, I think, I think that's maybe a little more palatable than, uh, you know, like a warm slurry through, through your nose hole. Uh, we do have some elementary research to suggest, but not prove but suggest strongly that the going the direction of flow that your the food normally takes might be more than a little bit more effective at 
keeping the benefits of the transplant around longer. Mm. Um, Why don't you... Sorry, I just... I'm I'm surprised that they use human donors and don't create it in the lab in some way. Yeah, yeah. So there's a really cool company that's trying to do that. Um, I I think Repopulate is one of them. Uh, I think... uh, if I remember correctly, Rebiotics up mm-hmm. at the Mayo Clinic, uh, they're they're doing just the encapsulate like they're they're doing like batches and pooling and quality control, and then I think they're trying to find what everyone healthy has in common. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be like the second stage for them. Uh, you guys are welcome for the free press. Feel free to pay me. No. But I think I think the biggest group doing this is Open Biome, which is a group out of um, the Wilmington, Massachusetts area, or outside Boston. Um, and and they're doing exactly this, but with a much higher degree of quality control. It's really fascinating, and they're having great success with it. I know, and by they I mean science is having. I've read a lot of articles about it, and uh, it is. It's truly genius, and I'm, to be honest, I'm surprised somebody didn't think of it faster. What I'd like to know is the first person who thought about it and what everybody else in the room said to that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it probably dates back to the first time that someone told someone else to ingest fecal material and die, right? Yeah, and they went, hey, if your flora has a bunch of the bad bacteria, it's making you very, very sick, and then they... <clears throat> They give you this fecal transfusion, for lack of a better word. I don't know if it's really a transfusion, but um, and then that, yeah. huh? I'm sorry. We we say transplant. Transplant. But yeah. Okay, so when they do that, and it's with all the healthy bugs, there's not really a guarantee that the healthy bugs are going to kick butt on the not healthy bugs, is there, or is there just a sort of automatic healthy bugs will eventually overcome? Yeah, we um, we slant the odds a little bit for ourselves. So there's two things that happen right before you receive a transplant. Uh, one, you get the super heavy dose of antibiotics, like like you would normally that when it hasn't been fixing stuff. Uh, two, they have you drink like I think it's like a full liter of this the substance called polyethylene glycol, which if you've ever had a colonoscopy. You might be familiar with. You never uh, feel so disgusting and then feel so wonderful <laughs> because you were just yeah, lighter yeah. than air afterward. <laughs> right, so we sort of bomb out the bad bacteria, wash out the bad bacteria, and then put in the new ones, right? And hopefully, at that point, it's just sort of a numbers game, an odds game, uh, where you're hoping that given that any bacteria has an average chance of dying at some point, that uh, they'll, you know, it'll it'll be more of the bad ones that die than the good ones. Everything you're and, describing to me, it makes me think that somewhere in Sedona or L.A. or something, there is going to be a shop that a spa that does this just for regular Joe and Jane to walk in off the street and, yeah. and get completely cleaned out with a new fresh set of flora. I mean, it's got to be the yeah. wave of the future, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be downstairs from the yoga studio slash wheatgrass, you yes. know, whatever. I mean, it's not a horrible idea. I bet it'll make lots of money, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. 
Maybe we're onto something. <laughs> blood boys are a real thing, and what is blood boys? Oh, like the a, IV people. Yeah, yeah. You you get like a intravenous transfusion from like a young healthy donor. Vampiric. Yeah, I assume, you know, you can get someone who's, like, super crunchy to be your, uh, you know, recurrent donor for for fecal transplants. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, the wave of medicine that is coming is, is going to be pretty groundbreaking, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, there, there's cooler stuff coming, too. There, you know, we're... Everyone is kind of like, okay, feces are feces. They're kind of crude and gross and raw. And, um, like, I think we can do better as an ecology. You know, I, I think we can figure out what it is. You know, everyone, when we talk about ecology, we're usually talking about, like, wolves and rabbits or something like that, right? But then you, get, you go talk to a real ecologist and they're like, yeah, I think you forgot about the insects and the, you know, like, ecologies are much, much bigger than we could hope to understand. Um, but in some, some early trials, uh, have shown that there is an answer for like, you know, what's the minimum of that, that you need to outcompete, you know, which seven or eight or 15 of those microbes do you need? Uh, and because we can just grow them in a lab. To outcompete the bad ones, you mean? What's that? To outcompete the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you're not working off of, you know, someone else's raw material, Right, you you've got like nice, nice fresh lab stuff that's well characterized. That isn't attached to another person, which might freak yeah. some people out. But then again, I mean, we get our blood from other human beings. It's not a surprise that we would get yeah. all we kinds of donors in the world. People, yeah. At this point, <laughs> we've got eggs and sperm and blood and and now fecal matter so this is all really uh, this is a lot for people to chew on would you be back on the show to talk yeah. again about more things maybe even more specifically yeah you've got it yeah i encourage all of you uh email me susan at heyhumanpodcast.com if you have questions for aubrey about any of the stuff we've talked about and then i'll have them back on the show and we'll go through your questions and uh that'd be really cool mm-hmm. thank you aubrey Send hate mail too, you know, just any, all news is good news. Yeah, exactly. And is there a way for people to find you? Can they find you? Uh, is it yeah, I, you can find, find me. You? Yeah, I'm, I'm one like everything. Yeah, it's Aubrey Bailey at gmail.com. A-U-B-R-E-Y-B-A-I-L-E-Y at gmail.com. You got it. And bingo was his name-o. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Bye, everybody. See you.